Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. If you are looking for vendor process training for you or your entire vendor team, head over to my site at DeborahRRichardson.com and click on the Vendor Team Training Solved button to learn more about what is included in the annual plan and also to download a training schedule. Get the training that you and your team needs to avoid payment fraud, duplicate vendors, compliance fines, and more. So now that the AP team has to send out not only the 1099 MISC, but for the second year, the 1099 NEC or non-employee compensation, I thought I'd answer some frequently asked questions regarding dealing with two different forms for the same vendors. Keep listening. Welcome to episode 168, five FAQs for AP teams processing both the 1099 MISC and the 1099 NEC. So before I get into it, I do want to have a disclaimer to say that I am not a tax professional. So please make sure you consult your uh, tax professional as necessary in order to generate valid and accurate 1099 MISC and 1099 NEC forms so that you are compliant with the IRS and their many regulations. But what I do want to talk about are five of the frequently asked questions from the AP team last year and really apply to this year as well that come directly out of the fact that now you have two forms that your same or the same vendors could be eligible or could be reportable under, right? Because the 1099 NEC box one is for non-employee compensation. And as you recall, that used to be box seven of the 1099 miscellaneous. And then you do have some reportable payments on the boxes of the 1099 MISC that could could also be applicable to your vendor. So one vendor could have a reportable spend on both forms. And so I wanted to talk about five of the frequently asked questions related to the fact that now you have accounts payable teams have two forms that could possibly send or be applicable for the same vendors. So the first question is, what if my vendor has reportable payments for both the 1099 NEC and the 1099 MISC? So the answer is you need to issue the vendor both forms. If they have reportable spend that 
belong in um, the boxes on the 1099 NEC or the boxes on the 1099 miscellaneous, you need to issue both forms separately. Now, one thing to keep in mind is that if you haven't cleaned up your vendor master file and that uh, information that you that you uh, enter in for the vendor for both of those forms, if that information is incorrect, the IRS will issue separate penalties for both forms. So I can't imagine a better time to make sure that your vendor master file, your vendor legal name and tax ID specifically is absolutely correct because now you have two, if you have to issue that vendor two separate forms, you have two separate opportunities to be penalized or assess penalties for incorrect data. Now, I do have a podcast that can help you clean up your vendor data. It is episode 161, and it's called It's Time to Clean Your Vendor Master File. It was updated for 2021, and basically it is an eight-step process for cleaning your vendor master file, not just the legal name and tax ID, which is critical for your 1099 um, distribution and filing, but also to make sure you have valid addresses uh, because you don't don't want those coming back. And um, I think I talked about it earlier, episode 167, the episode uh, just before this one, I talk about being proactive and how to handle those return 1099s. And it's basically um, cleaning up your uh, vendor addresses. But that episode 161 will give you an eight step process to do that. So check out that episode if you know you need to clean your vendor master file and you do still have time. All right. So question number two or the second frequently asked question is, does the $600 threshold apply to the combined amounts of both forms? And that answer would be no. That $600 threshold is applied separately to the 1099 miscellaneous reportable um, boxes, uh, and separately for the 1099 NEC um, reportable boxes. And I also want to point out that this is a great time to refer to your tax professional or to IRS uh, uh, resources. And I will have some resources in the description um, that you can link out to for IRS instructions, um, publications that can help you with all of this. Um, but Keep in mind that the $600 threshold is not for every reportable box that are, that's on the 1099 miscellaneous. Um, and also not this year for the 1099 NEC because there's an additional box, um, that, uh, is not for the $600 or is not under that $600 threshold. So make sure you're checking that, um, because depending on the type of reportable spend, that $600 can be reduced even lower. I think one great example of that is royalties and royalties have a $10 threshold. So I know everybody knows about the $600 threshold. Just keep in mind that it can be different for different types of reportable spend that is reported in the different um, boxes on the 1099 MISC and the 1099 NEC. 
The next one is, does the IRS allow substitute 1099 MISC and 1099 NEC forms? And that answer is yes to both. And I say that because there are plenty of you out there that have substitute um, forms either in your ERPs that you generate the 1099 um, forms through, or maybe it's in your software, a third party um, platform or software, maybe even your vendor portal that you're printing those 1099s through. And so technically those are substitute Um, 1099 MISC and 1099 NEC forms. And I will tell you as a practitioner, we had, we had uh, substitute uh, 1099 MISC forms. And in one system, it actually looked just like the normal IRS 1099 MISC form. But since it wasn't, um, it was technically a substitute 1099 MISC form. But then in another system, we had a truly substitute 1099 MISC form. It looked like a memo almost, and it had the required elements like right in the middle. So it looked weird and it freaked some of our vendors out, um, but it did allow us to print the 1099 um, MISC from within uh, the system. And so that was also a substitute uh, 1099 MISC form that we use. So yes, the IRS does still allow that. And if you have embedded uh, the 1099 MISC and or the 1099 NEC form within your uh, ERP or your vendor portal, then that is technically a substitute uh, 1099 MISC and or substitute 1099 NEC form. All right, so that was question, frequently asked question number three. And now let's move to frequently asked question number four. And that is, where is the payment for combined goods and services reported? And that comes into play when, for example, you have, I don't know, the IRS always use, uh, has used in the past the example of you go to have a car repaired. And so you have both labor and parts on the invoice. And if that's the case, you report the entire amount of the invoice and you report that as a service all in this year and actually last year too, in box one of the 1099 uh, NEC. So you report that where you report your non-employee compensation, that invoice that has the combined goods and services reported. Because we do know that if, uh, you have a vendor and the only thing that you have paid them for is for goods, um, then that amount or that spend is not reportable. But if you have combined goods and services, then it is reportable. And this year it is reported uh, reportable on the 1099 NEC box one. All right, so the last one, number five of the five frequently asked questions uh, is... Does the combined federal state filing program include the 1099 NEC? 
And I am happy to say that for the 2021 reportable tax year that you will be processing in January of 2022, that answer is yes. Now, when the 1099 NEC came out last year for the 2021 reportable tax year, it was not included in the combined federal state filing program. And so that sent everyone, you know, looking at the state requirements but this year it is. But I do recommend, again, that you check with your tax professional and also uh, check IRS Publication 1220. Um, the 2021 version has been out, I believe, since late September, early October. Um, but that has, uh, technically, it's called the Specification of Electronic um, Filing for different forms, including the 1099. But it does have a list of the uh, this year's uh, states that are participating in the combined federal state filing program. And every year that list seems to change. As a matter of fact, um, since the IRS uh, accelerated the uh, non-employee compensation, um, the filing date to January 31st, back when you were still reporting it on the 1099 MISC, the states have really been scrambling every year to kind of keep up with that regulation and figure out how they're going to adjust their requirements. And so I do recommend that you check out um, publica IRS publication 1220 for the uh, this year's combined uh, federal state filing program states. And then you also check the states to see what their individual requirements are because they are just always changing. But luckily this year, um, if the state is participating in that program, then the 1099 NEC is now included. And that wasn't true last year. So a bit of good news. And it is not often when I get to end a podcast talking about the IRS anything that it ends on a good note, but we are going to end it on that good note. That has been um, five frequently asked questions for AP teams processing both the 1099 MISC and 1099 NEC forms. All right. So thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 168th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.